Good morning. I was scanning through some newspaper headlines online the other day, and I came across an article titled, Do You Have the Soul of a Poet? Question mark. I didn't click on the article, so I'm not sure what it means exactly to have a soul of a poet, but I'm pretty sure I don't have one. <laughs> the reason is, between you and me, I've never really liked poetry. Uh, there are some poems, sure, throughout the years that I've enjoyed. In second grade, I recited The Mighty Casey Has Struck Out for my second grade class resuscitation. I won't try to recite that here again. But normally, if a friend hands me a book of poetry or asks me to check out this poem they really liked, I usually read it and end up thinking to myself, meh. It just doesn't really do it for me, poetry. Uh, this may be because I'm a philosopher. I don't know. Uh, this is what I do mostly at Asbury, teach philosophy, philosophical theology classes. And the, the old joke about analytic philosophers is that they're the one segment of the population that when you prick them, they actually don't bleed. They just spew forth logic. <laughs> and maybe I'm guilty as charged because I don't think I have the soul of a poet. And that's okay, but it does present a certain challenge in reading the Psalms and other wisdom literature throughout the Old Testament, which we are Christians are supposed to read as part of our spiritual formation. And of course, the genre of the Psalms and the wisdom literature is poetry. So what happens when you read the Psalms and the wisdom literature and you don't have the soul of a poet? Well, I'll tell you what happens. You read a passage like the one we just heard. I do not turn away from your ordinances, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And I read that and I think, yes, this is nice, suggestive language, but I, I, the words of poetry don't seem to resonate with me like they perhaps do with some other people. However, the more years I'm able to walk with the Lord, the more experiences I'm able to have to which I think the psalmist is pointing when he uses this poetic language. And these experiences really are deeply meaningful, whatever your views on poetry. I remember coming to Asbury Theological Seminary as a student, MDiv program, way back, many years ago. I was 23, 24 years old, and I was really wrestling with what to do with my life. I had given my life to Christ, and I felt that God wanted me to be helping people in my nine to five work every day. But beyond that, I really didn't know what to do. And I was considering a broad range of possibilities, including enrolling at Asbury Seminary in the MDiv program. And one day, someone suggested to me, Kevin, have you ever thought about going to Asbury Seminary? And I had thought about it, but when they said that, there was an immediate sense of rightness about it, almost as if, how could I have thought about doing anything other than that? Just this immediate sense of God's peace. Now, that's only happened about two or three times in my life. Normally, what happens when I'm seeking discernment is I'll pray about some matter over a period of time, weeks, months, maybe years. 
And normally one of two things happens. Either a continued sense of unease and confusion or a gradual, growing, undeniable sense of God's peace and rightness about the situation. That's normally how it happens for me. But in this case, there was an instant, unmistakable sense of God's peace, yes, to enroll at Asbury Seminary. Now, I say that to say this, that I knew it was God's will for me to be here. Nevertheless, during my time as an Asbury student, and for two or three years following, I had deep uncertainty about what comes next. I had not felt a call necessarily to ordination or to pastoral service in the local church. Was that an option for me? I didn't know. I wrestled for a long time. Might it be God's will for me to plant a church? Should I seek another degree after seminary here? Should I think about teaching someday? Was there another option I hadn't yet thought of? All this uncertainty, at times deep uncertainty, while I was a student here. And I was single at the time. I didn't have near the complications that I know many students have in talking to them. I mean, serious complications. Do I take another part-time job to help support the family? Well, it might mean we're here another year. Do I take out another student loan? Is this something we as a family can responsibly do? I mean, am I promised a job at the end of this? I'm sort of on the ordination track, but who knows? And even if I am placed somewhere, is it going to be somewhere where my, career, that my spouse's career goals would take fruit? Would it be at a place with, with schools that are right for my children? All kinds of uncertainty that at times can be sources of potentially intense stress for any of us. And at times of uncertainty, what we need is we need an anchor. An anchor. I think the metaphor of an anchor is such a good one because it doesn't suggest that you're uh, on dry dock locked in land somewhere you're 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 anchored in the water and you are getting thrown about a bit by the winds and the waves the uncertainties of life to and fro but yet the uncertainties of life aren't throwing you completely out to sea capsized lost unable to find your way back home you're anchored and what serves as our anchor? Well, we say it's God, and of course it is. But even more specifically, obedience to God's ordinances can be a real anchor for us. During my times of uncertainty at Asbury, the one thing I knew through all the uncertainty is that God wanted me to be here. He had ordained for me to be here, and that I was being faithful and obeying that ordinance. And that was my anchor during several years of real uncertainty about what to do next. Maybe that's an anchor for you. If you know that it is God's will for you to be here and you are being faithful and obedient, then that serves as an anchor for you, whatever other uncertainties might arise. Or if you know that God has called you to, to some ministry, say in the local church that you're working right now, and you're being faithful to that. That is an anchor point. Or if you know that God has called you to faithfulness in your family, to your spouse, to your children, and every day you're walking faithfully in obedience to that task, that is an anchor in the Lord. 
all these uncertainties, financial uncertainties, job uncertainties, uncertainties about where to live, they can be for anyone sources of real potential stress that threaten to rob us of the peace and the joy we would otherwise have in the Lord. And at times of real uncertainty in life, when God's will is not yet clear, knowing that God has called you to some task and that you are faithfully being obedient to that can be an anchor for you, for me, indescribable comfort. God's ordinances in that way come to be for us sweeter than the sweetest honey. And you don't have to have the soul of a poet to experience that truth. Amen.